This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Hey, my name is TJ, and I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad that you're here with us as we continue. We started last week with a series called Bold, and you know, last week I, I had something interesting happen to me after, after the second service. Um, because second service is by far my favorite service. So y'all are in the, my favorite service. So y'all are representing. You can raise the roof, whatever you want to do. You can, tell, you can tell the other service that they're, they're like no good. So if you normally go to that service, don't tell them, okay? Like they don't, they don't know yet that this is the service to be at. So because y'all are hype and crazy. Um, but after, after last week, a, a girl came up to me and she said, you know, Pastor DJ, I just don't understand. You have crazy, crazy stories in life. I mean, I don't even understand where you get all these stories from. I mean, do you like make this stuff up? And I'm like, no, I, I don't make it up. She's like, she's like 24, 25. She's like, man, I, w- I want to have crazy stories like that. And, uh, and I'm like, someday you will. But you know, I started thinking about this, this this week because I was like, do I really have a whole bunch of crazy stories in life that maybe normal people don't have? Is, is that something that's just I'm, maybe I'm peculiar and just weird junk happens to me. And then I, I started thinking about the reason I have crazy stories is because I live kind of a crazy life. And, uh, you know, I'm willing to do things and say things that most other people are not willing to do or they're willing to say. In fact, I was thinking about a couple of years ago, um, right after we started the church, I was, you know, I love meeting in the school. I love the fact that we let the school use this uh, five days out of the week, and then we, we get it back on Sunday, and we turn it into a church, and then we turn it back into a school the rest of the week. I mean, that is a great deal for the school board. I mean, they, they built us an $80 million facility, and we let them use it. So it's a good deal. But, uh, but uh, you know, in the beginning, I was like, man, God, I really, I really want a building. And so I was like, man, I would love to have a building just so, we, like, all this stuff that you see every week. Like, this doesn't just magically appear here. Like, we put all this stuff together, all these speakers, all these lights, all this stuff. Like, this is in the schools. This is ours. And so w- people come in here and set all this stuff up, and then they tear it all down. It's crazy. You would not believe it. Someday we just need to show pictures of what this place looks like uh, before we get here. Y'all will be like, what in the world? Uh, it is cray-cray. But um, so I started praying. I was like, man, I really want a school. And so I started praying boldly. I was like, God, man, I want, I want a place to meet. I want, I want like a permanent facility. And so I had this genius idea. I said, you know what? I'm just going to find every church's name and the senior pastor's name and their address, and I'm going to write them a letter and tell them they should give me their church. And so I went and I found about 450 churches' names, addresses, and phone numbers, senior pastors' names. I wrote this, this letter. I prayed over this letter. I, I mean, I was, I was believing in Jesus' name that I was going to send this out, and people were going to be like, oh, wow, this church is growing. Our church sucks, and so since they're so good, we're just going to give them everything we own. You're like, that was my prayer. Like, they're going to see how awesome Jesus is in us and just bow down and worship us. I, I don't know. I would, it's just like in my mind, I'm just thinking of, you know, and, and we love other churches. We pray for other churches every week. You just, I'm, I'm kind of self-centered at times. So I'm, I'm, this is confession. It's, it's good for the heart, bad for the, you know, reputation. So just bear with me. And so I'm doing all this. And, and so I sent all these letters out. You want to know how many phone calls I got back on that letter? Zero. You want to know how many people were like, yes, we're going to give you everything because you're so awesome. None. You know how many people were mad at us? A lot. And so, you know, I, I started thinking about that. You know, the reason I have some crazy stories is because I'm willing to do things that most other people aren't willing to do and, and just be bold in some areas, even if it makes me act the fool at the end of the day. And, and you know, we're in this series called Bold, and, and last week we talked about this whole idea 
and this whole definition of, of what bold is. And we learned that boldness is a behavior born out of belief. And so I had this belief that, man, God is going to do something. And so my behavior reflected it. I went and wrote letters. I asked people for stuff because I have this belief within me because I have this boldness within me. We talked about this whole idea that the goal of this series isn't that we would become more bold. Boldness is a byproduct of a relationship. And it's a relationship with Jesus. And, and the more we fall in love with Jesus, the more that we're going to start to have faith in our life. And the more faith that we have in our life, the more boldness is going to start coming out of our life. And that boldness is going to produce results. And therefore, it's going to just go back around to where we want to spend more time with Jesus. And so we started talking about this thing. That God wants to really build up people that are just so passionately and madly in love with him that they can't help but be bold for him. And so today I want to talk about, man, how do we start to develop that in our life? And how do we start to have a bold prayer life? How do we start to have a, a bold prayer life that will, that will transform us from, from, the out, from the inside out so that we can truly reflect what God wants to do in and through us? And, and if you're taking notes, I, I want to kind of start out with this key thought, um, and it's this. What you pray for reflects what you believe about God. What you pray for, or what you could say what you don't pray for, reflects what you believe about God. For example, if you don't pray at all, it reflects that you don't really believe in God at all. You don't believe that God answers prayers, or, or it's possible that maybe you have some pretty small prayers in life. Maybe you, you pray some small prayers, and, and that's a reflection of you believing that God is not a big God. He can't answer big things, and so therefore you only pray small things. For some of you, uh, your, your prayers are a reflection. It shows that, you know, your prayers are me-centered. They're like, God, if I could get another job, or, or if I could hook up with that person over there, or if I could just have a little bit more money, and they're me-centered, and therefore you think your reflection of your prayer life is reflecting that God is there to serve you. And what happens for a lot of people is they have that reflection of God. And when God doesn't do what they prayed for him to do, when he doesn't come through and give them more money or a better job or hook them up with that dude or that chick, what happens is, is they say, oh, man, God's a bunch of baloney. And they just act, actually write him off and say, man, God must not be real because what we pray for reflects what we believe about God. And how big or how small he is in our life. In fact, our language says a lot about what we believe in God. Our language, and just think about a prayer. I see this all the time. I, I, I hear people, they come into my office and they'll say things like, man, you know, I'm just going through this really, really tough situation. Now I've exhausted all of my options. I don't know where else to turn. And so I thought, well, I might as well turn and, and ask God. Like prayer is a last resort and their language is a reflection of what they believe in God. And they're like, well, God, you know, I'm just going to kind of throw a Hail Mary and hope that maybe something sticks on the wall. And, and God's like, well, if I'm a last resort, you know, maybe something will happen. But that's, that, that prayer and what we say really reflects what we believe about our creator. And so I want to take a minute and I, wanna, I want you all to do something. I want you to think about what you prayed for last week. I want you to think about what you prayed for, and, and I've given you a place there in your notes where you can write it down. And, and, and as I'm talking here, I just want you to think about the prayers that you prayed last week. And write down a couple of the prayers that you prayed. For some of you, you might say, well, I don't, I don't think I really prayed. I don't, in fact, I didn't pray at all. Well, that, that reflects what you believe about God. For some of you, you say, man, I know I prayed, but I don't really have a clue what I, what I prayed for. And, that also reflects what you believe about God. And then some of you guys are like, man, I'll pray for this and I'll pray for that. And I'll pray for that dude to, to come over here and ask me out. And you've got all these prayers like mapped out. Like you know exactly what you pray for. And now I want you to do is go ahead and think about it for a moment. Jot those two or three things down. 
Now, as you're doing that, I want to ask you this question. If God answered all the prayers you prayed last week, if God just, just took out a rubber stamp and said, yes, done, it's all yours. If he went and did that to every single thing you prayed last week, if God just miraculously said yes to every single request, every single petition, what would be different in the world today? What would be different? What would be transformed? Chances are, if you're like most people, the only thing different in the world would be things in your world. The things in our life, the things that are important to us. And so if you're a single lady, all oh, the single ladies, all oh, the single, oh, you know, we get the whole Beyonce dance and everything. I, somebody, I, there's, a, there's, a, there's a dude in our church, man, he's got the Beyonce dance down. I'm going to go learn from him and I'm going to break it out. I can do the badonkadonk thing, but I don't, I, don't, I don't have the coordination yet to do all this thing. So uh, if you're a single person out there and you're like, oh, man, I just want a guy. A single lady, I just want a guy, I just want, I just want a godly man. And, you know, if you prayed that this week, you know what happened? All of a sudden, boyfriend who loves God, just there by your side to read you scriptures at night, you know, to, to serenade you on the phone with poems of David, you know, and, and all of a you know, it's incredible. It's life-changing, life-altering. For some of you, it's that, man, you, you wish your, your husband was a spiritual leader in the home. And so you prayed, man, I wish my husband would be the spiritual leader. I, th- I, wish, that, I wish that he would leave our family. And all of a sudden, bam, God answered your prayer. And all of a sudden, man, every night he's, babe, let's do devotions. Let's pray together. And all of a sudden, you had that in your life. For those of you, it's, man, your prayer was this week was, God, I hope I get that job. Or, man, I would really like that raise. Or, man, I, I really hope that that, that that boy or that girl asked me out to prom this year. And chances are, if you're like most people, our world honestly would not be very different at all if God were to answer those prayers, except for the little circle around the things in our lives. And for years, I, I, I dealt with the same thing, man. Everything was, was me-centered, and, and I started listening to my wife's prayers, and I'm telling you what, my wife has taught me so much. Um, she's taught me so much about prayer. Every time I listen, she's praying, right? It blows my mind because she's not praying for simple things. She's praying for big things. I mean, if God were to show up and answer her prayer this week, I'm, I'm pro- I promise you this, man, churches all over the, the world would be overflowing with people because that's the way she prays. Um, there would be no more orphans. There wouldn't be no more foster care kids because People would come and adopt those kids. People would come and take those kids in and take care of them because that's the way she prays. There would be no more human trafficking and sex trafficking because she prays that that stuff would be gone and cease to exist because she prays big prayers. And I've learned a lot from that. I've learned so much from that because my prayers weren't always really, really big prayers. But think about your own life. If God answered everything you prayed for last week, what would be different in your world today? What would be different in the world around you today. And I really believe that if you and I, if we're going to make a really, really big difference in this world, you and I, we've got to pray really big and really bold prayers. And so what I want to do is I want to kind of pick up where we left off last week. We are in the book of Acts chapter 4. If you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 4. And um, 
I just want to give you a little bit of context of what's happening in case you weren't here last week. Last week we talked about how Jesus had died and when he rose again, he, he sent for a guy named Peter and he, he found Peter and he said, hey Peter, man, I'm going to build my church around you. You got some gifts, you got some talents, even though you're, you've, you've denied me, you've done all these things, man, I've got a plan for your life. And so, so Jesus ascends up to heaven and, and Peter and some other guys, they hang out together and they're praying and they're seeking God and, pr- and all of a sudden, man, God comes upon him and, and Peter goes out and he preaches his first message. And his first message, he says, man, y'all are a bunch of sinners. Y'all are dying and going to hell. You need Jesus. And 3,000 people get saved that day. Probably not the most ethically uh, correct prayer in that day or that message. But all of a sudden, this dude just comes out and just tells it how it is. And people get saved like crazy. And they get baptized. And, and so the, the New Testament church is started right there. And, and, and man, all of a sudden, Peter and John and some of the other apostles, man, they're just bold. And one day, Peter and John are walking to the temple to go to the hour of prayer. And there's a guy at the temple gate called Beautiful, and this guy was lame for 40 years. What that means is that, man, he was crippled, he was handicapped, he could never walk. And when they saw this guy, this guy looked at them, and he was begging for money. And he's like, man, y'all got some money. And they looked at him, and they said, man, we don't got jack squat when it comes to cash. But what we do have in Jesus' name is get up and walk. And so they said, man, in Jesus' name, you're healed. And they took his hand, and they raised him up. And this guy that had been crippled for 40 years all of a sudden gets up and starts walking. And everybody knows this guy because he's been begging at the gate for 40 years. And so when they see this, man, they're going crazy. It's like buckwild party up in there because this dude is now going around. He's dancing. I, I, I kind of was picturing this. It's kind of like, you know, have you ever seen a horse when they're first born and they're kind of stumbling around and stuff? I imagine this guy, like you haven't walked for 40 years. I imagine that this was probably like the funniest scene in the world. This guy's like, you know, he probably looked like he was drunk or something. Like he had been on Bourbon Street a little bit too long. And so, so he's going around and bam, people are like, what's up with that? And they're like, man, Jesus healed him. And the religious people of the day, they hear this And, man, they're a little irate because they know who this dude is, and he's walking, and they want to know what's going on. So what they do is they arrest Peter and John, and they bring him before the Sanhedrin, which is a group of religious leaders, and they would circle around him, and they would ask him all these questions like, what happened? How did this take place? And all this stuff. And finally, they ask him this. They say, by whose authority did you do this? And they said, man, we healed this dude in Jesus' name. And right there, those were some fighting words because they said, right on top of that, they said, the guy that you killed and who rose again. And so right there, man, the Sanhedrin, the religious people, they're ticked off because this is going against their entire culture and their entire religion at the time of what they built everything around. The fact that a person that's died, they're dead. They don't raise back to life. They don't come back to life. And so Jesus came back to life, and he's setting people free. And and so we pick up the story where they're seeing them, and they've just heard this, and the people are in an uproar because they know this dude has been set free, that this dude is healed. And so they have to let Peter and John go. And so we pick up in verse 23, and it says, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people. Basically, they went back to the other Christ followers that were there at the time. And this is what they said. And they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. What they said is, man, listen, man, we were taken captive. We healed this dude. We said, in Jesus' name, get up. And this guy got up and walk. It was crazy. People were going crazy. This guy was going crazy. But then they got mad because this is what happened. And so they were threatening us. They were going to hold us in jail. They were going to beat us. They thought about even possibly killing us. But at the end of the day, they saw that this guy was healed. And so they knew that they couldn't do that because people would go berserk. And, and man, there would be a riot on their hands. And so they said that. And here's what they did. It says they raised their voices together in prayer to God. 
I love that phrase right there. It says they raise their voices together in prayer to God in the midst of one of the most catastrophic, in the midst of one of the most trying times when they've been persecuted and, and people are coming against them. Instead of shrinking back, they raise their voices and say, man, we're going to come together and, and we're going to pray and we're going to praise God. And I believe that there's something powerfully, 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 powerfully happens when people come together and pray. Something transpires when people come together and pray. In fact, you know, I'm not one of those guys that's like all into seven-hour prayer meetings. Anybody out there like into seven-hour prayer meetings? You know, don't raise your hand. Um, but, uh, you know, like what happens is, is in churches a lot of times, man, they'll call a prayer meeting. And we do early morning prayer every week. I, I love to pray. But, you know, when you pray with other people, sometimes it can get a little weird, can it? You know, like snot bubbles are coming out. People are crying. You know, there's, especially with women, there's all kinds of emotion. And guys don't really understand that. And so that's really confusing. And, uh, you know, and when you go to a prayer meeting, you know, people always want to circle up. And I'm for holding hands to a certain extent. But there's always something weird about holding hands with other people and praying. Because you don't know whether, do you go top, do you go behind, you you know, where, who, how do you hold that, you know, and, 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 you know, is it intertwined or do you cup their hands? I mean, what's, what's proper etiquette there? And then, you know, when you are holding hands with other people, you got to do with like the fish hand and you're like, come on, give me something solid, bro. Don't give me the fish hand. And then, then you got like sweaty palms, got like, they've never taken a bath. You're like, seriously, like you need like a towel to like rinse off afterwards. And then my favorite is, is the person that as they pray, they just squeeze your hand really, really hard, you know, like, in Jesus' name. And they're like, can you stop crushing my hand, you know? And Listen, if you've never been to a prayer meeting, I'm just going to give you the 411 right now. I'm going to tell you how it ends, okay? So, like, when they get to the end, when they get to in Jesus' name, here's what you do. When you get to in Jesus' name, amen, what you do is you squeeze the person's hand next to you, and then you let go. That's how it works. And so that's when, you know, that's like the official discharge. Okay, we're done. Peace out. I don't know why I told you all all about that, but, uh, you know, it's not, it's not natural to get together with a whole bunch of other people and, and pray, but for some reason, there's something that's absolutely powerful when we gather together and we come together and we start praying, because this is what happens. When you start hearing the prayers of other people, it's like their faith is put out there in a ladder, and man, their faith is going up that ladder, and then you put your prayers on top of that. It's like you get to climb up to their level and then start climbing from there. It's like you get to combine their faith with your faith, and all of a sudden that thing starts to build within you, and it starts to well up, and all of a sudden God is starting to move and do something there. It's a powerful, powerful thing, and that's ex exactly what's happening here, and that's exactly what these believers were doing. They were under extraordinary persecution, and, and they came together in the prayer, and they prayed this to God in verse 24. It says in the middle of this verse, it says, Sovereign Lord. Everybody say sovereign. Say it one more time. Say sovereign. Basically what that means is it means, God, you are the man. You are the man. You're in charge. you got everything under your control. You're the beginning. You're the end. You've got it all in your hands, and I'm going to trust you always. You've got the final word. You've got the final say. Man, you have got it all. And this is how God focused their prayer was. That they say, Sovereign Lord, you make the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit. And jumping down to 27, it says, Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, who you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. 
And so basically they're starting this whole prayer with this, this massive God consciousness where they're going to God and they're saying, man, listen, God, you're in charge, you're supreme, you have all of this under complete and total control. And it's not like God's up there in heaven being like, oh, thanks for reminding me, guys, I had no clue what was going on. No, they're, they're getting there and what they're doing and they're, they're posturing themselves, they're getting themselves in this worshipful attitude of recognizing who God is and who they are and who's in control and who's not. And so they get to this posture and they're like, God, man, you're all that in a bag of chips. You've got everything in your hands. And then what they do is they pray two of the boldest prayers that I think that we could ever pray. And I pray that us, that we as individuals, that we as a church, that we would grab hold of these two prayers and we wouldn't go around and we wouldn't be just average Christ followers and we wouldn't come and just live out our Christianity on Sunday morning for an hour and 15 minutes. But we would take these prayers and live them out 24-7 all the days of our lives. And, and here's their prayer. The first thing they pray is they, number one, they pray for boldness. They ask God, make us bold. And verse 29 says, now, Lord, consider their threats. Now, what were their threats? Man, their threats were the fact that, man, they could be in prison. The threats were that they could be beat down. The threats that they, were, they could be stoned. And I'm not talking like smoking weed stoned. I'm talking about like stoned to death. They could be killed. They could be imprisoned. And they said, Lord, consider our threats. And here's what they prayed. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Man, what did they pray? They, they said, God, make us even bolder than what we currently are. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but being bold is what got them in trouble in the first place. You know, like, they're, they're in the, the situation that they're in because they were bold. And instead of saying, man, God, we're going to take a break, they say, man, God, make us even bolder. Man, get us to rise up so we can do greater things for you. And, and if I were there and I was their lawyer, I'd probably say, listen, guys, listen, 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 listen. I know you're all fanatical about this Jesus thing, and that's awesome. I'm with you there, but you probably want to tone it down just for a bit. You know, y'all are about to get killed. Y'all are, things aren't going so well. Y'all need to tone it down because you got some season tickets to the Dolphins next year, and uh, they might win three games, and so you want to be there for that. Ten games, okay. We got, we got, some, we got some bold people here in Jesus' name. They're praying for the miraculous already. They prayed these bold prayers. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever prayed a bold prayer? Or let me ask it like this. Have you ever prayed, God, make me bold? Make me bold. I was asking some people over the last couple weeks if they've ever asked that. And most people are like, no. And I ain't never asked that. I don't want to be bold. I don't, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, well, why not? Why wouldn't you want to be bold? And a lot of them were like, because honestly, I just never thought of it. I, some of them were like, I, I like where I'm at right now in life. It's, it's, it's pretty comfortable. Or some of them were like, man, that's a, that's a scary prayer. I don't know that I want to step out and pray that kind of prayer. Why don't people... Ask God to make them bold because I think that for a lot of us, to ask God to make us bold makes it an other-centered prayer. And if we were to really examine our lives, the most of our prayers are not other-centered, but they're self-centered. 
They're, God, help me to get an A on that test. God, uh, I, I really want a raise at my job. God, if I could just, just get rid of this pimple on my forehead before the date on Saturday night. You know, they're, they're, they're me-centered prayers. You know, and me-centered prayers don't really ever accomplish great things in life. You know, I, I've been getting ready for this series for a little while. And in fact, right before Easter, I actually went to our staff and I said, man, this is, this is an area where God has truly convicted me. I'm a pretty bold guy in a lot of things, but I'd, I'd kind of gotten timid in a lot of things. I got timid in, in talking to people about Christ and, and sharing my faith and, and inviting people to church. And I, I, I said, listen, guys, man, I, I'm screwed up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead here from here on out, man. I'm going to invite people. In a, and I started praying, God, give me opportunities. Give me opportunities. And, and what happened when I started praying that prayer is all of a sudden, like, one day my landlord calls us up for, that, that's for our office space, and I'm talking to him. We're talking about some things, and I, and I know he's going through the line. I'm like, hey, man, what are you doing? What do you got going on on Sundays? Man, would you love to come to church? Man, I'd love to have you as my guest at church so you could see what we're all about. And started telling him about Jesus. And he's like, man, I'd love to hear some more about that. And all of a sudden, I got a little bold. And I said, man, that's awesome. And so I started telling other people and different things. And then, you know, you get busy in life. Anybody ever get busy in life? And, and busyness is like the greatest attractor to doing great things for God. And so I'm, I'm busy one day, and I need to run to the grocery store. And I, so I run to Walmart to pick something up. And, and if you're a dude, you just want to go in Walmart, get whatever you're getting, and get out, don't you? Come on. Come on, guys. Can I get an amen right there? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Like, y'all should be shouting down right now. And so I go in there, and I'm, I'm running to grab something. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to make a confession right now. When I, when I see people I know at Walmart, like, I try to avoid that aisle like it's the plague. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, I'm trying to get a task done. And so I'll see somebody I know, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm just going to go to the next aisle. You know? And so I'm, I'm, like, rolling down. And then all of a sudden, I'm, God's like, man, don't, weren't you praying to be bold? And I'm like, oh, man. And so I go back, and I walk down this aisle, and like, hey, Pastor TJ. It's this lady. She's like, hey, Pastor TJ. And, you know, like waving me down like, oh, yeah, she sees me. And so I'm, I'm just kind of stuck. And uh, she's like, oh, man, i got to tell you what's happening. And it was like this divine opportunity for her to share what was going on. And I'm like, man, ma'am, can I pray for you? You know, right there. And, man, I start praying, and I start getting bold and start getting loud. People are like, what's up with that? You know, and, and, and you know what? That lady told me a couple days later, man, that was, that was, thank you for stopping and praying for me. That was something that I needed that day. And this is what I know is, man, when we start getting bold, when we start getting outside of ourselves, you never know where God is going to show up. It could show up in the cat food aisle of Walmart. Man, I dare you to start praying some bold prayers. I double dog dare you. I triple dog, double stuff, triple stuff, Oreo cookie dare you to get, start praying some bold prayers saying, God, use me. God, give me an opportunity. God, open up some doors today. Let me see people that are hurting. God, let me see people that are broken. Give me the chance to do something great for you today and watch God show up in a big and bold way in your life. Because he's just waiting on us to say, God, make me bold. He's waiting for us to take on this opportunity to be used to do something great for him. And when we start to do that, when we start to stir burden, boldness in our heart, what it says is they prayed for boldness. Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak the word of God boldly. And then they prayed this second thing, and they prayed for miracles. 
In Acts 4.30 it says, Stretch out your hands to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Man, they go and they pray big prayers. They say, God, man, heal sick people. God, open up the ears of deaf people, man. Open up the eyes of blind people, lame people. Help them to walk. God, do the miraculous. Cast out demons in Jesus' name. Man, we're going to see it all happen up in here. Man, we're not going to hold anything back. And they start praying some bold prayers, and they start praying for some miracles. And if you and I, if we want to do big and bold things for God, man, we're going to have to start praying some big and bold prayers. We're going to have to start praying some things that are outside of our comfort zone. But for the majority of us, most of our prayers are pretty small. You know, if, if I were to, to just go through some of the prayers that I hear all the time, you know, oh, you know, my favorite one, man, is, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this day, you know. Uh, I think God is probably sitting there saying, man, I've heard that for the last 43 years. I got it. You're thankful for the day. Like, that's all, like, not that having another day isn't bad. But that's as good as you got. Like, that's as, that's as, that's as big as a prayer as you got for me. Or my, one of my favorites is, is, God, be with us today. God, be with us today. You know what? The Bible already answered that prayer. He said, God will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. You just got to open up the Bible. Like, you don't have to pray that prayer anymore. He's already got that one done for you. My favorite is, this is my ultimate favorite, and we're getting ready to go on a staff trip, and this is, somebody's going to pray this. God, give us traveling mercies. You know what? I think God is up there in heaven looking at us saying, like, listen, if you just drive the speed limit, put on your seatbelt, and don't be texting, like, you're going to get there safe. Like, you don't need no traveling mercies. You just need to be competent and obey the law. You'll, you'll be fine. And God, I think, is up there in heaven saying, man, do something big. Come on, give me something that's, that's bigger than, like, give me some traveling mercy. Like, give me something that I can, that I can show off on. Give me something that, that only I could do, that there's nothing that you could do to make it be known that it was your doing, but it's something that I could do. And God, I believe, is challenging us. Man, we got to pull, pray bold prayers. we got to pray for something big because the, the way we pray reflects what we believe about our God. When I was uh, 19 years old, I, I had the opportunity to go with my pastor to, to the Philippines uh, on a mission trip, and he was doing some crusades and some different things, and I was just, just getting started in ministry, and he was preaching at all these things, and basically, I was my pastor's do boy. That was my job and my role on the mission trip. Like, so if my pastor needed a bottle of water, like, I would go find a bottle of water and bring it to him. That was, that was my role. If he needed somebody to carry his Bible, I was his Bible carrier. Basically, I was his do boy. And so... Uh, my pastor wasn't feeling one, well one afternoon, and he, and he was scheduled to do an afternoon session. And he looked at me and he said, TJ, hey, how would you like to, to do this afternoon session? And I'm like, I, I don't really want to do that. I don't, you know, I, I haven't really talked to people at this point in my life. Um, I, I'm, I'm here to get you water and bring you your Bible. That's about all I'm good for at this moment. And he's like, man, I think you can do it. And, and, and so I was like, oh, man, what do I even talk about? What do I talk about? And I'd been reading in Acts chapter 3. Um, the story of this lame man that was healed. And, and I thought to myself, well, I guess I could talk about that. And so I prepared like five pages of sermon notes, you know, uh, which I thought was a lot at the time. Like I went through those in like five minutes. Like I, I was like, I was speed reading. I don't think anybody, we're in a third world country. They don't understand a word that I'm saying. Like I'm just going crazy. And, and I'm like five minutes in, I'm like, all right, I'm good. And, and I would pray to, I, I'd been talking about the fact that they walked up and they said, listen, what we don't have is, is money. 
A lot of times what you're looking for is the wrong thing. And what you need to be looking for is Jesus because the one thing that they didn't have was they had Jesus. And they said they stretched out their hands and they were healed. And I said, some of you guys here today, you've been wanting the wrong thing. You've been wanting riches. You've been wanting a boyfriend. You've been wanting, you know, this and that and this and that. And what you need today is you need Jesus. And, uh, and I was getting ready to walk off the stage and the pastor that was over the church walked up and he said, you're going to pray for people to get whatever Jesus wants to give them. And I'm like, I am? Uh, and uh, the first guy that came up was a guy in a wheelchair. And I'll never forget this from the rest of my life. I was like, I, I don't know what to do right here. Like, I just preached this message because I got suckered into it. Um, but if God says it can happen, like, I believe that if God did it for this guy, he can do it for this guy. And so I, I just looked at him and I'm like, I'm going to pray. Like, what do you want? Like, hoping he was going to be like, I want five bucks and I could just hand him five bucks and just be done, you know. <laughs> and he's like, man, I want to be healed. And I'm like, all right. And so my thought was, is I'm just going to pray until everybody leaves or God just miraculously heals them. And so I just started praying. And I was praying and I was praying at the top of my lungs. And then I was like, God, please just show up. Just do something. And lo and behold, man, God miraculously healed this guy. And he gets up and he starts running around this building. And then everybody wants me to pray for them. But I don't even know what I'm doing. But I just remember stepping out and praying for a miracle. And God showed up. Some of you guys, you've been searching for a lot of different things. But you haven't been searching for the thing that you need. And that's Jesus. And a lot of us, we, we look at God and the reason we're not praying bold prayers and the reason we're not praying for miracles in our life is because we don't really believe that Jesus can do that. We don't really believe that he's big enough in our situation. And so what we do is we might pray those prayers, but we give God a cop out. We say, God, if it be your will, come on now. And so we, we give him this cop out like God needs a window out. This is what I've discovered is, man, God wants to do the miraculous in our life. And I believe God to do the miraculous now. Does he always do that? No, not the way that I expect it to happen. But this is what I found. My faith isn't so small that if God says no or not right now, that it destroys everything that I believe. Because what I've found is that a lot of times, no just means not yet. Or it's not the right thing yet. It's not the right time yet. And I've learned this here recently. You know, a couple of months ago in, in September of this past year, we, we had launched this whole Give Me Faith initiative, which is the, the mission of our church is we want to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church. That's why we exist as a church, man. We want to win our community for Christ. We want them to see the goodness and the greatness of our God because we want to make Jesus' name more famous. And we recognize that there was a barrier of I-95, that people that lived east of I-95 wouldn't come west to church, and people that lived west wouldn't go east. And so, man, how are we going to reach more people if there's a barrier there? And so we said, man, we want to step out in faith, and we want to launch another campus over there. We don't know how we're going to do that. We don't know how we're going to pay for it. We don't even know where we're going to go. We just believe that God said it, so we're going to go do it. See, what y'all didn't know is that my wife and I, we've been praying over a particular neighborhood for 
probably about a year. We've been walking around this neighborhood. We've been driving around this neighborhood. In fact, people would see us in this neighborhood that lived over there and be like, hey, what were you doing in our neighborhood? We'd be like, we're just out for a walk. You know, we're just trying to disguise it, hide it. And we were particularly, we were praying for this church that wasn't doing very well, that God would miraculously give us this church. And I was in conversation with these people, and I, I was like, I firmly believed that that was going to be the answer to my prayer. That was going to be our miracle as a church that we were going to get this denominational church and it was going to be awesome and it was going to be great. And you know what happened? God closed that door. They said no. But the circle that we had been praying around there and believing for, one of the things that we failed to realize is there, there was another church that we walked by and we drove by every single time we went in that neighborhood. You know what they said? They said yes. And so your no or not yet might be Yes, somewhere else that you haven't even looked yet. I'm telling you here today, man, God wants to do a miracle in your life. God wants to make you bold, but it starts with us believing that God can and that he will and praying a bold prayer because that's how we believe how big and how great our God is. And I'm here to tell you today, man, God is here and he wants to do something miraculous in your life. But it starts with us stepping out and saying, man, God, I'm going to trust you. And it's not some fake, superficial prayer. It's the prayer saying, God, make me bold. Make me bold enough to believe that you can do the impossible. And I don't know what the impossible is in your life. It might be a relationship. It might be in your finances. It might be in your home. It might be in your career. It doesn't matter what it is because God is no respecter of persons. He's no respecter of things. He wants to show up in your life just like he showed up in this lame man's life. Because that area of your life is where you're lame. It's where you're broken. And he is our healer. And he's here. And I really believe that anything can happen. Let's pray. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.